0: In a world where technology is constantly advancing, where machines are becoming smarter and artificial intelligence is changing the way we live, there's a new player on the field, ChatGPT. It's a language model that has the ability to understand and respond to human language with incredible accuracy, but with great power comes great responsibility. In this podcast, We delve into the depths of ChatGPT, exploring its capabilities, its limitations, and the risks that come with relying on AI for our communication and information needs. Are we ready for the future that ChatGPT represents? Well, listen in to find out.
1: Well, welcome to episode number three of No Experience Required. I'm Chase, and my co-host is...
2: Steven with a PH.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, and uh, you all might be wondering who did the intro for us, and that is Chase 2.0.
2: That is Chase 2.0, our, our, our new friend. Yeah. yeah,
1: I'm actually getting kicked off the podcast. He's replacing me.
2: Yeah, this is kind of the audition episode for him, and yeah. we'll probably boot you by episode four. Yeah. <laughs> Or midway through this one. I don't know. Yeah, we'll (laughs) just stop. me in the middle. All right, you're gone.
1: Uh, Yeah, so that was actually leading into the topic for today. And we're talking about AI in a few different forms and what it kind of means for us. And that was all AI generated. So the actual text and intro itself was written by ChatGPT. And the voice was generated from my voice. Now, it wasn't perfect, but that also leads into a lot of other things that um, just a lot of other kind of aspects to AI and where we're at today, how far we have to go. And yeah, so we'll get into it.
2: Yeah. I mean, there was kind of a lot of lead up to this episode, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, not just before literally starting, you know, to record this. But um, I think for me, it's a topic that I had some like surface knowledge of AI, but I kind of had to do a lot of homework, to be honest, just to kind of grasp the concept um, of it. So I'm definitely the no experience required portion of today's episode for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but I think that's perfect. So, one, I'm definitely don't have the experience that's required to talk about a subject like this. Um, I do work in tech, and full disclosure, um, ChatGPT is sponsored and partners with Microsoft. Now, I've worked for Microsoft. I don't have any relation to this project or any of Microsoft's AI projects. So this isn't like, oh, hey, I'm involved with this and I'm having something sort of like that.
2: I knew you were just like working for them. That was it. Yeah, on well, the side, on top of actually working for them. Consider,
1: <laughs> considering that a lot of the the news about it right now isn't great. That's not perfect, especially on Microsoft's side.
2: Yeah, it's really not. Uh, <laughs> now, now that I did my homework, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I see what's going on here. Did I you, see why you're excited about the to- the topic. Though, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Did you see all the Bing stuff? Have you? I did. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Okay, we're going to yeah. get into that then. Yeah, but uh, it was really interesting to take the perspective and see what it's capable of. There's a few different areas. And I don't know exactly what you want to talk about. We didn't really think about it. I just said, we hey, can't. take a look at it do some research. I want to hear what your open thoughts are um and not really taint it or co- corrupt it too much.
2: Um it was too late for that. I think. <laughs> no. Um yeah, I think first off, I I I think AI should probably be at least defined to some degree okay. on today's episode, which I think you probably can handle that a lot better than I'm just going to have the very generic kind of you know, piece together for my own thoughts kind of definition. But I want like an actual maybe, um, I don't know,
1: something just a little bit more literally explained.
0: Yeah, so <clears throat> how
1: about from your perspective and what you've got so far, what's your what's your quote-unquote definition? What's your understanding of AI so far? Well... As it is today, mm-hmm. not like I that watched, sci-fi version. Yeah. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you killed my joke, man. I was going to say I watched Terminator for my homework. <laughs> Uh, it's essentially Skynet. We're very close to it. No, I I, th- I think I think that's one of the biggest things I learned, right, is obviously I think most people's perception of AI is the sort of fictional science fiction, either movies or, or novels. And that would be probably the biggest one that comes to mind is The Terminator. Um, but there's other stuff, right? There's, I think, a movie literally called AI. <laughs> and then there's... Um, there's iRobot as well. And I think there's this perception that, you know, AI is just this sentient kind of intelligence that's very close to taking over the world or, or being self-aware. And really it's not, at least from, you know, what I, I take from it. It seems like it's more of a a magic trick, I guess, is a good way to put it, um, where it's, it's very impressive and there is a lot to it, but really it, it can't be done without you know, these behind-the-scenes kind of tricks that or strings that the magicians are pulling. And really all the audiences or those who aren't aware of what AI is, you know, they see the, the final product, but they don't see what goes on behind the scenes. And really that's all the the data information and all the programming and all these algorithms and things that are actually being put into place to be able to generate some kind of um, semblance of, or I guess, uh, uh a mimic of of something more real and more self-aware when it's really not the case yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of a, at least what I got from And I kind of knew that before. <laughs> I mean, I, I wasn't one of those dummies who, like, believed. <laughs> You're
0: a dummy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was Chase 2.0, by the way. <laughs> um, no, I'm kidding. I wasn't... <laughs> I didn't think it was to that degree yet, right? I, I didn't think we were close to... To, to get into the point of, of Skynet and, and it taking over and you know machines becoming self-aware and anything like that. But I didn't know the true... That's Skynet right now, <laughs> pinging in. <laughs> They're listening <laughs> to, to take over our, 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 our podcast. It's just going to become like an AI-generated podcast from now on. Chase 2.0 is going to become self-aware and eventually is just going to start recording and, and, and publishing. It's podcast. Yeah, his
1: pronunciation is much better than mine. Uh, yeah it's also a lot more robotic (laughs) you don't have to grease so readily (laughs) I know they're going to be our overlords soon but no need to suck up
2: I think that's one of the things actually that I so this pre-recording that we did was through 11 labs and you can do audio cloning with that and I had kind of messed around with it before
1: we even got together right one second okay so we'll clarify a couple things when we're talking about you're you're Mm -hmm. really pretty close on a lot of it and I'm just going to break it down a little bit,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, I guess, simple, hopefully simpler. Yeah. So AI, as we have today, chat GPT, um, the stable diffusion, all that stuff, they mm-hmm. are technically AI, but they're a scoped AI where they're built specifically for a set of tasks. Mm-hmm. They aren't supposed to go outside of these boundaries and do different things versus something that's called AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. And artificial yeah. general intelligence is what most people imagine in Skynet or iRobot or whatever. And it's, um, it has the ability to perform the wide range of tasks rather than very scoped ones. Um, and <clears throat> it also has the ability to learn and reason and problem solve. It has the capability for perception. Uh, understanding natural language all of these things together to create something that is the semblance of what you'd imagine that mm-hmm. an actual AGI or artificial intelligence that you'd be able to converse and it would be able to expand and grow and be a participant in society whereas here something like chat gpt is very scoped where it's meant to take a large data set of natural language and then answer questions that you ask or have a conversation with you based on that data set and then it's supposed to use that to generate um, generate the conversation that it comes across that does, it's, it's like an assimile of if human language and human communication, but it's not really coming up with it on its own, it's just trying to guess what the best answer for it will be and we'll talk about some of the limits that go along <laughs> with it and those have been in the news lately, which are really funny yeah. and interesting, <laughs> potentially scary, <laughs> I think,
2: yeah, I think potentially scary for sure. Well, I don't, I don't know about that specifically. I just mean overall in general. I think it, it can be, right? Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think <laughs> with AI, to be honest, like I said, I had that surface level knowledge of it, and then I never really looked much into it, and not until a few weeks back when you brought up chat GPT um, did I really start looking into it a lot more and, and kind of trying to get an understanding of what it is. But... Can you dumb down essentially what AI is for, for, for chat me. GPT specifically? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I well, I know. Or are what, you talking what, about
1: the AGI where it's the the general what would potentially be <clears throat> which we don't have yet,
2: right? No, 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 no. I, I'm like current, right? So, chat GPT is probably what we're going to be talking about the most today, yeah. Um, yeah, can you just kind of like maybe break the dumb it down, I guess, essentially, not just for me, but for anyone who doesn't have a complete just you know
1: so chat gpt is a chat bot where it's we've had chat bots a long time ago and things that kind of and even um like help desk or uh when you call in to get help when you're typing in saying hey i need this there's a chat bot on the other side for the most part saying oh here you might look to this place or you might try going to shipping and it's like on amazon if you're if you're trying to find out some information or return a product. A chat bot mm. is actually just writing you back a lot of time saying, here, where do you want to get to? So chat GPT is kind of like a next evolution of that where it's taking what's called natural language processing, and this is a very scoped type of AI. <clears throat> and natural language processing is taking these very large data sets of human language, human readable language, human spoken language um, that people have written, all from the internet, from books, from um, movies, from text, whatever, and then a model is trained to mimic that. To when you ask a question, it'll understand the question based on the model, and then ask what it's supposed to uh, what it's supposed to say next, what it's supposed to say back, and it's trying to guess what is the answer you want to hear. Kind of in a lot of ways. Now that approach may be a little bit different and probably should be in some different ways based on a few of the stories that have happened. But yeah, it's um, basically a chatbot that you can talk to and you could ask it questions, you could have conversations, you could ask it to, for example, write you a four-paragraph essay of the Revolutionary War from the perspective of either the British or the Americans. And it will do that for you um, in good standard, on based on facts for the most part, and uh, yeah, a good framework for for. Kind of what it is capable of. That's a that's a decent okay. explanation.
2: So, <clears throat> is that considered like a conversational AI? Essentially, like so, a chatbot. Like you're saying, this is kind of the next step up. It's essentially a customer service chatbot that you would have on a website you're visiting, but on steroids.
1: Yeah, it can be. Okay. It could use that, and that's where potential for the technology can be spread out. Mm. <clears throat> um, there's the personal use side where if you want to know something and you want to know what you're for the Revolutionary War started, mm-hmm. it'd be able to tell you that real quick. Kind of like if you went on Google, but instead of right. looking for a website with that information, it'll just generate the answer for you. So just like writing quick in a text box, you don't have to dig through websites, you don't have to find sources, it just says, oh yeah, this is the year that it started. Mm. Um, or if you wanted to know what um, how to make a good macaroni and cheese. Then it'll generate that for you based on a large data set and then just say, Here, this is how you do it based on my best knowledge.
2: That's exactly what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some people are going to try to use AI for, you know, malicious reasons and minds more like, Give me the best mac and cheese recipe. You know, we should like, actually do that. Actually, yeah. Maybe that'd be a good <laughs> would be a good test. <laughs> just a cumulative uh, recipe based off all these, you know, different shafts and blogs from online. It's like a smorgasbord of (laughs) of information.
1: Yeah, so I guess, and there's some different ones that we're talking about. So you were talking about uh, Eleven Labs, and Eleven Labs is a company that's working on voice AI generation. And so that voice was completely generated. I gave it a sample. Mm -hmm. I gave it two one-minute clips, and it generated that I gave it the text which actually was generated by ChatGPT and then told it to say this and it said it
2: yeah and there was like two layers of ai there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <clears throat> which is interesting because yeah. you think about the combination of different skills and capabilities and right. yeah you could actually come up with some interesting solutions um but as you saw i mean it's not perfect there's neither of these technologies is perfect um eleven labs didn't really sound anything like me but that was really interesting because when it got your voice right? and yours wasn't even off of a studio mic. It was just no, like recording off your iPhone. iPhone. Yeah. It sounded just like you. That was really, that was it interesting.
0: <laughs> I thought it did. I, okay.
2: <laughs> like, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it's just, uh, if it sounded like me. I guess that's good. Right. But I was surprised.
1: <laughs> I mean, you called yourself a hungry hippo, I think, or something like I that. Did. So yeah, I made it actually, that does sound exactly uh, like you. It does. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I made it say that I'm a hungry hippo. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I was a little bit surprised cuz initially when I first recorded on there, essentially you just record yourself for about a minute, you upload it and it, you know, you you're then able to do like a text text to speech um of anything you wanted to say and it initially didn't sound like me. I I don't think um until I started messing with it and then I started recording myself a little bit differently, and I started just making my voice a little bit more exaggerated and then I feel like it did. I it did eventually. I think sound like me. So when when you were going to do yours, I thought it was going to sound a lot more like you, and it really didn't. Uh, I, there's some, there's a few moments where it kind of captures maybe the way you say a word, or I don't know, just some kind of like there's some nuance in there that kind of captures you. But overall, it, it didn't sound like you. Yeah, I think your voice is a little bit deeper, maybe. Oh, that's nice life. to know. Yeah, and it really, there was one I did of you that <laughs> completely transformed your voice to like a female voice, and I was going to send it to you. I should have. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why it's like rounding, rounding up. <laughs> oh man!
1: Well, it was, <clears throat> it was really funny to hear. But so I'll give them some credit here in that there's two different tiers where you can do like enterprise yeah. for companies who are actually going to pay big money, and it's supposed to be an actual clone. This was a pretty fast generation. So you, when you record the model, you, or when you record your voice, and you send it off. It's doing similar to what ChatGPT is doing in that then it's training this model to take in the inputs. It's looking for specific data and then to generate a model to use in whatever text you want to do, right? So you send it off to some other server or somewhere else. It generates this model, this AI model, and then sends it back for you to use.
0: <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: Speaking of AI, Siri's listening. Yeah, I
2: thought I heard something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: actually, on that note, speaking of Siri... That itself is a form of AI. Kind of, yeah. It's a digital voice assistant, right? Yeah. And is it using similar?
1: It is using kind of a natural language model to understand what you're saying, um, and it's doing the same thing that <clears throat> um, that Eleven Labs was doing with your voice, and that when every time you say "Hey Siri, do this," which now both of the devices, everything's just going off. Yeah,
2: everything's just <laughs> lighting up.
1: Yeah. It's actually it's listening for that. And it's taking in what you say, and then it's y- sending that off to one of Apple's servers somewhere, generating a response whether it's something Siri can do, and then telling you to to come back and you know do it that way. Yeah. Um. So it is a type of AI. It is using AI capabilities, machine learning capabilities to do what it needs to do. Um, it's not as good as something like ChatGPT, or because those right. those responses mm-hmm. aren't yeah. generated uh, the same way.
2: But, well, and there's probably. Yeah. Do you think something like ChatGPT just has a lot more, like a wider range of data to draw from?
1: Yes. <clears throat> I mean, they, they it's just built differently. differently right. Yeah. The model's built differently. yeah.
2: So then there's obviously like everyday uses of AI then that are integrated so well that people don't even realize. I mean, like we said, those obviously aren't as intricate as something as chat GPT, but it is a form of ai right like it's still a very integrated part of our lives that everyone has now i mean everyone almost everyone has a cell phone
1: yeah so i mean you can put it down to when you're playing video games the Mm. uh characters that are in there are a form of ai they're uh they're specifically programmed to do specific things but they're a type of ai same as they have ai they can play chess with you they're they're. it's been around for a long time there's a few things that are coming out now and all at once that are taking everything a step forward Mm-hmm. Not to the end, not to the point where, hey, it's going to destroy us, it's going to take all jobs or anything like that because there's definitely limitations to what we have now. But they are big steps forward. So um, like ChatGPT, Stable Diffusion, um, 11 Labs, all these things together, yeah, are, are, are pretty crazy.
2: Yeah. Would – I hate going back to the phone thing, but I think just to be able to paint it to something a little bit more relatable because not I don't think everyone's going to go out there and try – ChatGPT or has even used it at all or wasn't even aware of it, really. Would facial recognition on your phone be a type of AI?
1: Hmm, it's a good question. I don't know if I'd count it as AI. okay? Because <clears throat> really, uh, facial recognition on Apple specifically mm-hmm. and even on cameras, it's looking for specific markers on your face. Mm-hmm. Is it an AI? No, that's... I think it's more specifically machine learning and it's okay. just saying... When you hold up your iPhone, there's a lidar sensor that disp- that uh, has a pulse of lidar, and it just l- puts all these little dots of invisible light onto your face, and it maps out your face and looks for specific markers that it now has already stored, saying kind of like a fingerprint, mm-hmm. saying do these match? Is this the same face? And then it'll unlock, or or say no, you're not the same face. Gotcha. Yeah. I
2: think mean, there's a bit of <clears throat> Maybe learning on my part to do between where like those lines would get blurred, right? Because could AI use that data?
1: Yes. Okay. And that's where AI can become, because AI is really essentially just taking in data and mm. using it for whatever it's meant to do. So now, if you, if your face is mapped out with lidar, and they come up with a use for that in AI, which could be facial recognition at scale, right. is saying. <clears throat> It's picking out however many millions of faces, and it's saying, "Oh, yeah, this person is right here." Or it's then it's taking your fingerprint of a face, um, and AI is then creating a map of everywhere you've been based on every single security camera that's attached to the internet, whether it's somebody's house, um, somebody's phone, whatever. Right? Anywhere your face are, you could just develop a map and do that. You could have AI do a lot of different things, and then AI could be on the back end of taking that saying, taking that map and generating um, habits for you so it can predict where you're gonna go, what you're gonna do, things like that. I mean, there's a lot of potential uses for it, but the complexity for each of these is a lot greater than just something as simple as saying, oh yeah, then it'll just generate these data points. It's it's a lot more complex, and the data that is actually involved is still so massive that it takes a huge amount of computing resources to to right. do specific things. But there are things, like if you've ever noticed that uh, when you connect your phone to your car and it says, hey, I'm going to, or it's 20 minutes from yeah. to your house.
2: Yeah,
1: It's a form of AI, it's a form of machine learning that's saying, hey, this is where you normally go right. when at this time of day on this day.
2: Well, I mean, to me, yeah, I would think that's some type, I mean, without knowing, right, I would have assumed that that's some type of AI for it to be able to predict, hey, he's gotten to his vehicle and I'm just going to send an alert and say it's 20 minutes to work, 20 minutes to home. It's using some kind of pattern or some kind of data, you know, intake to be able to do that. Right. So, I mean, to me, I guess that was like a very basic form of AI, but obviously I know there's a lot more involved, I'm sure than, than just that. Right. And it's not maybe what people would think, yeah. I guess, would be a, a form of AI, but...
1: I think you're right. I mean, those those lines are really blurry on what people call AI, what is actually AI, and, right. and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, here, let's let's go to ChatGPT real quick. Yeah. So, for, for ChatGPT, we'll explain how it works, and maybe this will give a little bit better understanding. So, first, ChatGPT goes through a few stages. There's, like, five steps in the training process for ChatGPT for it to be able to answer questions... Accurately and in, in a human way. So, first is the data collection. And ChatGPT is owned and developed by OpenAI. And they collect a mass amount of text from various sources, such as websites, books, articles, all sorts of stuff. The text data is then pre processed to get into a format that the AI model can understand. So, for it to even start working, it has to be reformatted, it has to be put in a format that the model can actually be built. It's not like you could take our conversation and it would work for training a good model uh, for the AI to use. Next is uh, the model architecture. Then they select a type of deep learning, and these are a lot of things. Kind of the same way that Google says, "Hey, you go here on these days." Mm-hmm. That's a type of deep learning that. Um, so it's a it's called it's called a transformer, which it's well suited for processing sequences of data like text. So the transform model was designed to have specific responses, right, a specific format of response. Um, <clears throat> the next step is training the model on the text data that is collected. Um, it's done called uh, using a te- technique called supervised learning, and the model was sh- shown the text data, and asked to predict the next word in the sequence. The model was trained using a large number of examples and its parameters were adjusted so that its prediction improved over time, Mm. right? So it basically says, I ask you, what time is it? And then the model would say, the time is 40 o'clock. And you'd be like, no, that's not correct. You'd actually say, the time is now 11 o'clock because Mm. 40 o'clock isn't it, right? You have these interactive correction of uh, teaching kind of like how you would teach a, ch- a kid to mm-hmm. say, no, that's not the correct word that you'd say. You'd actually say something like this. So that's where supervised learning is that you're saying, oh, here's, here's how you're going to learn. And it's teaching it not only how to learn, but what, what in, you know, what to actually say next. Gotcha. <clears throat> um, yeah. And that's, that's another section going in there. The, the actual, Oh, the, Supervised learning process is actually really interesting Um, because I – yeah, we'll go into that a little bit later. But the fine-tuning after that is after the initial training, the model is trained on specific tasks like um, answering questions, generating text, and translating languages. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So then it's not only is that um, it's it's taught kind of how to respond to things, but also taught specific tasks like how should you respond to questions, how should you – Um, respond to a request like, hey, can you write me a four-paragraph essay or can you translate this? So it is guided very much so. It's not just this open, I can do anything. It's meant to do very specific tasks, and that's the point of scoped AI right now. Mm -hmm. If you asked an AGI to do any of those things, it would be able to do that because it's just learning how to learn. It can do anything. Whereas this is saying, no, you don't do these things. You do very specific things like answer questions, right. generate text, or translate languages. There's parameters. Yes, exactly. Um, so those are using smaller and more focused data sets to improve its performance on the specific tasks. And then it's de- the deployment is is basically putting it out into a service that people can interact with, which is the chat. It looks like just a text window that you would type in um, to get a response even something like IMessage or you know you type in your message to your friend you get a response back that's how it is for chat GPT So those are the five steps or uh, uh, the, I guess six five or six yeah that are um, no it's five but yeah so that's that's what it is
2: okay I mean it's probably a lot broken up No I, <laughs> I mean it definitely I think gives a very good picture of essentially what it is i think if someone were to just go into something like that and not know any of that they're just like oh wow look at again magic trick right i think they would just be it's obviously extremely impressive yeah right i think i think knowing now though that there is parameters it's like all right there's obviously a lot of work that goes into this and then probably there's probably a lot of I don't know, I guess, things in place to, to, to try to make sure that it doesn't go with outside of these parameters, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, so there are also in that... Um, I actually asked, so take it with a grain of salt because it's answered by ChatGPT itself. So I asked it, what are its limitations? What is its greatest weaknesses? And I just asked it, what are your greatest weaknesses? And its response was, as an AI language model, I don't have personal feelings, weaknesses, or experiences. However, some of the limitations... Of AI language models include lack of common sense, lack of context, uh, bias in the training data, and limited creativity. So it can um, all of those are really interesting and proven out in responses that are um, that that people have been experimenting with.
2: Okay. Yeah, I think so. You, <laughs> I like how you mentioned that it says that it has a. Lack of common sense, you said a lack of context, Mm -hmm. bias in the training, um, and then limited creativity. And I know, I'm sure we're going to, there's obviously a lot of benefits to this, and I know we're going to eventually get into the risks, because I don't know if they necessarily, I don't know if they necessarily, out. I don't know if the risks necessarily outweigh the benefits, but maybe the consequences are just a little different. So I don't know if, you know, you touching on it saying bias in the training data. I, I'll, I will eventually want to get into that and maybe yeah. ask a little bit more about that at some point. But so far, I think we have a pretty good understanding of what chat GPT is, what it does, that it obviously has some type of limitations because there is the factor of there's a human, right, who who essentially programmed this and gave it, I guess, uh, this scope of data to be able to draw from. Yeah. Um, so you kind of killed my illusion.
1: <laughs> there is something no. <laughs> to be said, yeah. There is something to be said for seeing behind the curtain. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Big time.
1: Yeah. Because like, now
2: it's like it's like if someone told me that Santa Claus isn't real. Now, now I'm sad that vision from <laughs> from the Avengers. We're gonna like, move on real quick from Santa not being real,
1: so we don't <laughs> yeah. have any more disillusionment. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah it's kind of like when you started making videos or you started doing those things where the movie Magic came into play and you get to enjoy that as an audience member. When you know what goes on behind the scenes, it takes away some of that magic.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> you look at it from a different angle and you're, you're oh, that's cool because you know the work and effort and, and creativity that went into making it that way. But you also lose, like you said, that magic, that, that little bit of the unknown that's not there. So AI is kind of the same thing. And technology in general, most of these things are. Um, but it is when you start out using it, it is like magic. Like you're having a conversation with something that you know is not a person, but it feels like having a conversation with a person. And when you see behind that, how it's doing it, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. But you, you do lose that, that magic feeling. Um, (laughs) and (laughs) that first magic feeling that I ever had with technology was actually the iPod touch Okay. was cause when you, before that they had these pressure sensitive touch screens where you knew that you just were basically touching a button
0: right
1: but going through it but when the iPhone came out and it was based off the electromagnetic sensors in there mm-hmm. it just felt like you were like you were touching something magic like it yeah. was something completely um, uh, unreal it was something futuristic it was something yeah like magic.
2: Yeah, no, that's actually a really cool one because yeah, I had an iPod Touch way before I ever had like a phone, even right. So, and it wasn't even mine; it was like my friend's. You know, we would just like download really random apps on there or or, or games or whatever. <clears throat> but yeah, I think mean, that's that's a good way to put it. Is, but I mean, really, it still is pretty impressive. Yeah. Right, like it's still a super powerful tool or weapon.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or weapon. Yeah, so through all the technical jargon and probably could have done a better job explaining it earlier, all ChatGPT is doing is taking your question and literally as it's going, generating one word at a time, calculating what the best percentage that the appropriate word is for the next word and then printing that out and then calculating the percentage, what the most appropriate next word is to meet the parameters that you've set, which is your question or your request. Is. So it's just generating text as it goes. It's not thinking about an answer and doing it. It's just generating it based on the original question or request.
2: Okay. That still wasn't dumbed down enough for me. There's fellow dummies out there. I think they, no, there's no. a little man in your
1: computer and he's <laughs> typing out everything that it wants to say. Oh,
2: thank you. That's like literally what I wanted. All of it. That's it. That's, that was the podcast. Goodbye guys. Thanks for listening. No, <laughs> that's so bad. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I, I think that's a pretty good explanation. I mean, I, obviously I'd done my homework, you know, yeah, And so I had a lot of, you know, a better understanding Of what it was, like I said, but I think it's always good to just kind of (laughs) simplify things a little bit just because, well, not just for me, but for others who maybe are interested in knowing a little bit more about AI. I know when I was doing my homework, I was like digging around quite a bit and trying to find the right resource. I should have just come to you. I should have just had you like.
1: No, I wanted just, you to be able to to take a completely separate from me and not have me tint anything. I wanted to see no what bias. you came up with. Yeah, what no your, there. Like your AI thoughts has. were. So did you actually use ChatGPT?
2: Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah? Yeah, What
1: did you think? I what were your that. thoughts? Yeah?
2: Okay, so when I when I first used ChatGPT, it was actually to come up with a description for, I think it was our, our first episode or our second. And was it
1: our first maybe Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was the uh, show description.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. It was used first for that, and then when I first personally used it was when I was going to publish the first episode, and I just was like racking my brain on a good episode description, and I remember texting you, and then I was like, "Oh, psych! That's I right. forgot ChatGPT exists," and I went on ChatGPT, and I had it write up quite a few different variations of a, of, of an episode description, which it did amazing on. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing is, is it really generates these responses fairly quickly yeah like it comes up with something even if it's not perfect or it's not something you want to use it's still extremely usable you know the way it just generates it i guess is extremely usable um and it's funny because yeah right away i was like oh man this thing is incredible and it is and you know i I went to my sister and my brother-in-law and we started using it for the dumbest things and i was like (laughs) write a short story about ryan my brother-in-law you know, walk into a park and he finds a magical turd. And I know that's super ridiculous and immature, but <laughs> it just, it really does show off <laughs> what this thing can do. And it wrote about four paragraphs worth of a short story. Mm-hmm. It had a moral, it had mm-hmm. you know, a lesson mm-hmm. learned, it talked about the magical turd. <laughs> I'm just what? like, tempting okay, the was, seriousness yeah, of this was, podcast. No,
1: no, no, this is perfect. What was the moral and lesson that came out of Ryan finding a magical <laughs> turd? Okay,
2: it transports him to a parallel universe. Oh, my where it shows him, I guess, where he had chosen like a different life path. And like, (laughs) ultimately, it somehow shows him that he needs to stop pushing people away, which is so funny that it generated like this concept that he pushes people away, because my sister thought that was the funniest thing. And he like comes back to his universe, and it just it kind of ends a story where he's like he will never forget you know the lessons that the magical turd taught him about love and (laughs) and friends and the importance you know that it brings to him or something like that. And so we started doing all these short stories, and he writes them really really well. So
1: you could say the uh, turd tainted all of his relationships. (laughs) (laughs) Really smeared itself across everything. There was some it's, missed opportunity there for some you need the thing. yeah, you need the sensor button for me for that. Yeah. <laughs> I <like> should apologize. <laughs>
2: it's gross. I probably should not have read a, the the turd one. There was a lot of other short stories we, we had it right.
1: Wait, 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 wait. So you not only came up with the story of a magical turd, but also had other options you could have brought up to me.
2: I did have a lot of options I could have brought up to you. It was a lot of fun. I spent you know all I take
1: no responsibility anymore. I yeah, just blame that all on you. No, really, it's, I was... That's on I you. I
2: had to write the most ridiculous stories before I actually was like, maybe it can write something pretty serious. And it's... I'm at, Yeah, so I... This thought has been floating around in my head of writing a short story. And it's not a horror story, but it's been floating around in my head about... So in the Bible, you know, it, it opens up and it's talking about in the beginning, you know... And it mentions, like, the darkness that was upon the face of the deep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And my thought was, like, really, that was kind of the only other thing that semi-existed with God without getting, mm. like, sacrilegious or anything. But I, it was just an interesting concept to me that it obviously existed, right? And so I, I this kind of idea was forming in my head about this, the darkness, essentially, mm. kind of spreading and, and and, like, coming from, like, I don't know, the darkest corners of the universe. And you know, the closer it was coming, like, I don't know. I, I, you know, it wasn't formulated and it was just this like thought. And so I had it write this story, you know, based off the darkness upon the face of the deep and, you know, whatever imp- implications it might have, the closer it got to earth. And it did a really good job hmm. at creating these like superheroes. And they weren't even superheroes. They were actually just average human beings who somehow tried to find an answer to this like approach in darkness. And, and the closer it would get to earth the more corrupt people would become and it was just kind of leading to this like apocalyptic event, which was really cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, and then I realized then like how powerful of a tool chat was. Cause I'm like, man, like it just wrote up this really cool concept based off a pretty simple idea I had.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and it was decent. And obviously it wasn't anything long. It was, it was a, a short story. There was probably about five or six paragraphs in it, but it had a beginning, middle and an end. Yeah. And, And then, yeah, after that, I've just been popping in and and using it for (laughs) just really random things.
1: So that is one of the major benefits of it is that it can can do away with a lot of that time wasting where you're trying to come up with this framework or Mm -hmm. this basic thing. You know the idea you want to express, and then you have to go through this process of writing it out exactly as you want, where it's normally going to be in a typical format, like a three-part story or a short story Mm -hmm. or something. Or an email memo, or um, an essay, a, or, I, uh, yeah, a podcast description, whatever, yeah. right? And it can take that <clears throat> and get that framework out there really quickly. Now it may not be perfect and exactly what you want, but it can, you know, get that basic super thing out good there.
2: foundation yeah. to build upon. Yeah, and and really, that's what I think I've used it now for all our episode descriptions. So it's it's a good example of like you know. So I guess if you go back and read them, and they suck or they're really good, just. <laughs> We'll give the credit to Chat GPT, no matter what. No, yeah, we do. I mean, I go in and edit it, and I rewrite things, and I make it maybe a little bit more. I feel like sometimes at the risk of of, of this, is, and maybe it's a placebo thing. Maybe it's because we know it was written by something that's not human, and even though it's drawing from all this data that is human, you know, humans did write and mm-hmm. people did have out there. I think a part of me still feels like I just need to add life to, to it maybe or yeah. just maybe more personality or maybe just more of me or you or whatever it might be so yeah I do go in and I edit it and I tweak it to maybe sound a little bit more like us and
1: yeah and <clears throat> that's also one of its I don't know if it's a weakness but it is a feature of it is that it requires a large body of work to build off of so it requires these things like like you said so it came up with this idea of superheroes that's because it's kind of steeped in all of our literature, our culture, our movies, whatever. And so it's going to it's gonna generate a lot of that based on what we're putting out there. And so it requires us to actually provide it something to base itself off of, which kind of is great. I mean, it fits in with what's going on currently, but it also is kind of holding up a mirror to what, you know, when you ask it something and it's giving you what society and culture is telling it is popular and, and supposed to be, then... It's it's gonna go off of that. Mm-hmm. And so that can also be a weakness in that, or I mean, depending on how you use it, that can be some really tough stuff. And um, if you if we're not controlling where our culture is going and what our society is saying is good and bad, and AI is developing itself off of that, then it's not like where AI is saying, oh, this is bad, this is good. It's just saying this is what it is. Right. And it could be propagating that further across and at a much so you writes a lot of things really instantly. So it's going to write a lot, a lot faster. Um, And so there was a reason I didn't want to tell you a ton about AI and see what you came up with because to give you that, you know, the reason was to give you that blank canvas. That's another thing that when you use a tool like that, you lose that blank canvas for your description. You lose your your blank canvas for your short story, mm-hmm. for you to actually come up with that. Because, because from whether it's a prompt or it's a, a, a paragraph or an outline, that's now tainted that canvas in some way. You've put a mark on that canvas, yeah. and are basing the rest of the painting, basing the rest of the story off of that. And that can be a. I mean, it can be helpful, but is it good? Is it? You know, at what point is it no longer yours? And it, I mean, there's there's a line drawn because we all draw inspiration from different places. Right. But this is being generated from somewhere. And like I said, the training model has its own bias in it. The people developing have intentionally or unintentionally put their bias into it. So you are getting that taint from somewhere. Yeah. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. It depends on how you use it. But yeah, I mean, that's just a... It's an interesting part of it and a way yeah. to think about it.
2: Okay, so then I guess since we're, you're kind of talking about maybe the buy stuff, maybe we can talk about maybe some of the benefits
0: okay. of what AI
2: can bring. Like to you, like what benefits does something like AI actually have? Like I, I know it, it's pretty wide, right? Because mm. I think there's so many different fields that AI can be integrated into. So obviously, it's very different. But overall, I think it obviously has its place and its uses. Like to you personally, what do you think is the biggest benefit, obviously, in a in a perfect utopian scenario that AI does offer?
1: I think <clears throat> so I think the benefit of AI is and to make sure that it's kept in the correct view is that it's a tool. Mm hmm it's nothing more than a tool, it's not a person, it's not this, it's a tool that you can use, just like any other tool, to accomplish something faster and better than you normally would be able to. We created cars so we could go places a lot faster than we did with a horse and buggy, and on foot before that, you know, so we developed these tools to do things better and faster. So in the thing like ChatGPT, research can be faster, You can get your answers a lot faster than scouring the internet looking for specific answers from different websites, from people who may or may not be right. Mm. If it's done right, AI can really produce those answers a lot faster. It can give you the prompts, like you're saying, give you these frameworks for writing specific things that might just take a ton more time, usually to get this framework down and then build out and correct it and fix it. It can um, make that a lot more efficient. Uh, It can do things... Like giving you an explanation about a complex topic in whatever grade. So you can ask it and say, hey, ChatGPT, explain to me what ChatGPT is as you would to a five-year-old. And you could break it down super simple. And actually, we can go ahead and do that if we want. I think that would be like a
2: great live example of what ChatGPT could do. Because obviously, I mean, I think you're, you're mentioning like it can really streamline maybe certain processes or systems and obviously we can bleed into like machine type of ai right where you integrate ai into machines and make things more autonomous maybe and, and things like that so i think maybe you know even reading up on a little bit reading up on it a little bit it sounds like even the medical field has started to try to integrate ai into their systems and into their machines and which is great right because it might offer maybe more maybe time or focus for, for certain things. But again, that's, I think, in a perfect scenario because <laughs> uh, if, if you're considering that it's adding this benefit and you're autonomizing machines or removing human oversight, I think that's where it can really easily, uh, I guess, mesh into, um, I don't know, the, the riskier side of, of AI, essentially.
1: Yeah, and then there comes, so for the metal, medical field, for example, Um, let's say things like x-ray technicians or or x-ray examination, you can have an AI that can know every pixel that's in that. So in a digital format, you're going to know every pixel. So it can review that in a much, maybe sometimes greater detail and more um, thorough detail than a human could. And that may be a useful way of it, right? You could see every little thing in there that could be a risk. The very smallest start of a cancer cell that's getting started or something like that in an MRI where, you know, you can have this complex thing and it could analyze. You work in digital imaging for the medical service and there's a huge amount of data that's in there mm-hmm. that would be really difficult for a human to analyze. But that's what computers are great at is right. that they're good at computing. It's a, they're <laughs> really good at running a lot of calculations very quickly. Yeah. That's what they do. They run a lot of calculations at a pace that you can't even comprehend. Right.
0: Um,
1: and so it could analyze that, run the calculations, run the percentage of something that this small cell could be cancerous or not, or, or something that's out of place. Where a human might just look at it and be like, "Oh, that's just a shadow in here." Um, where and and a AI could look at so many different patterns um, compared to this huge range of model or, or, or other. Images that said these were shadows, this hmm. matches more closely to something that was found to actually be cancerous. Wow.
2: So, that is such a good example of that because, you know, I spent all day processing CT scans essentially mm-hmm. and, and identifying aneurysms. And at my first thought when you mentioned that was like, wow, how great would it be to have the program that we currently use have like AI integrated into it and just be able to that much more quickly identify. Um, you know, any kind of disease anatomy. But then <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> if it gets too good, I'm out of a job.
1: <laughs> that's <what them laughs> things. But that's where AI comes to. And it's kind of uh, um, Tesla's running a, a few of these problems, but where does the responsibility lie when something goes wrong then?
2: Oh, that's funny. I was literally going to ask that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- because if you remove the human factor out of it, then like, yeah, who's responsible for that? Yeah. What if it makes a mistake and there's really dire consequences? It's, yeah you know, who's to blame?
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who's always, is it the company? Is it still the medical provider? Is it still right. what? And and um, how often does that happen? And, yeah. you know, and the same thing, the models can actually be corrupted as well. Now you want to have stable models, but um, the, especially the chat GPT works, then, I mean, you'll see that the longer you go in conversation and the way that it's supposed to work is that it'll kind of keep building off the context that it already has in a conversation. So you can ask it a question, now and then you ask it a question later. Um, so so you ask a question now and then 20 minutes later you ask it a, a question that has the same reference to the earlier question. It should be able to actually, you know carry on that part of the conversation. If you do that in the form of the CT scans, in that all of these CT scans are, um, it has a good strong model saying that, oh yeah, we've gotten really good at identifying this specific aneurysm. But then you have a couple that are mistakes and they were identified incorrectly. It starts to corrupt the model,
0: hmm. so right.
1: It's, you have to be very careful about what gets in there. So is that the person who got those um, bad data in there? Is it their responsibility for now the model causing problems in every every case forward that hmm. it incorrectly identifies or misses? Um, is it still just in general like all that? Is it these versions? Yeah, it's it's a big long complex question. So, but, but we're saying the benefits of some of it. It's it said um, my my prompt was. Explain ChatGPT to me like you would a five-year-old, and it says, "Hi there, I'm ChatGPT. It's it's crazy because it's actually switching this whole context instead of just this straight um, informational mm. thing. It's starting off with this introduction, mm. like it's trying to talk to a five-year-old child to make it Freebie. something to make it feel comfortable. <laughs> Hi there, I'm ChatGPT, a computer program that can talk to you and answer your questions. Do you remember talking to Siri or Alexa? I'm kind of like them." but I have a lo- I can have longer conversations with you and help you learn new things. The GPT part of my name stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer, which is a fancy way of saying that I've been taught a lot of information so I can help you answer questions, uh, so I can help answer your questions. I've been trained on lots of books, articles, and websites, so I can give you the best answer possible. So if you have any questions or just want to talk, feel free to ask me. Right, so it's... <laughs> It's switching everything around it, breaking down the information that it knows is relevant to someone uh, of the correct audience (laughs) and putting it in a way that they'll understand and feel comfortable using. You
2: kind of gave me pedo vibes, I'm not going (laughs) to (laughs) lie. Your voice went up like (laughs) so much higher. It's like...
1: (laughs) Sid, you're on the censor again. (laughs) No.
2: I think you should have been censored, but... You're like, hi, I'm Ch- Chad GBT. I have candy in my van. Would you like to learn about me? <laughs> and all I have to offer? I was like, what? Oh no.
0: My goodness.
2: I, <laughs> no, I'm just being stupid. But <laughs> that is insane how it automatically kind of shifted its tone Yeah. to like, I don't know. Yeah, and it, I know obviously you were adding tone yeah. to it, right? Yeah. So but, but that's
1: how it's reading. It's using right. an exclamation point in saying yeah. hi there. That's yeah. why I was like, hi It just there.
2: automatically knows that, you know, a child needs to, I don't know, to draw its attention, to maybe make it sound more trustworthy, to make it more, uh, I don't know, credible to a, a child and in the way it explained it. Yeah, definitely. That's the kind of explanation I needed, to be honest. I'm like a <laughs> five-year-old. You should have just read that to me right off right off the bat. It probably
1: would have been a lot clearer instead of me scrambling around trying to figure out how to explain it correctly for 20 minutes
2: all right so it looks like you're writing a new prompt in there what you got
1: so i wanted to see what the difference would be when you said uh between a five-year-old and a 12-year-old hmm. so now i says explain chat gpt to me like you would a 12-year-old um and it says chat gpt there's no introduction there's no anything like that it just goes straight in information chat gpt is a computer program and it's not actually talking to you like it's a person it's giving you an explanation uh as an outside party hmm. um ChatGPT is a computer program that can have a conversation with people just like you and me. Oh, that's interesting. So now it's breaking and it's saying um, you and me, so it's still a part of the conversation, but it's talking about ChatGPT also in the third person, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. But unlike us, ChatGPT is not a real person. It's just a set of codes and algorithms created by programmers to understand and respond to your messages. ChatGPT has a database of information that it can use to answer your questions or carry on a conversation with you. It can even learn from the conversations that it has with people. So the more it talks to people like you, and this is the part of saying that it's now the input that you and I give it, adds to this data set, which can be good or bad, um, the better it gets at understanding and responding to you. Think of it like having a virtual friend that you can talk to anytime you want. It's like having a chat buddy that's always available to talk to, but it's not a real person. It's a cool way to practice or c- practice your communication skills, learn new things, or just have fun. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, that was. There was kind of actually a lot (laughs) to that one. It took away, well, yeah, like the other one had the introduction, the high. Everything else was
1: more fluff, just making it more accessible to an audience, giving it much more limited information even. Um, Like it never mentioned programmers. It never mentioned codes, algorithms, anything like that. It just said, hey, you know, this is what I am. I can answer questions because I basically read a lot of these things. Hmm. Yeah. And here it's actually introducing itself, you know, I don't even know what's introducing (laughs) introducing itself, but it's like, it's kind of like having a virtual friend. That's weird. It's setting the context again. Like these chats are interesting because it is setting the tone for the future conversation that you're going to have. And in, in this case, it's introducing itself like a friend, whereas before it was more introducing itself as like just almost like you would, um, a parent would a friend or like someone who you want to understand right. that is around. That's really interesting.
0: Hmm.
1: hmm. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. Because they're both, it's both setting itself, in both cases it's setting itself, Um. what's the word on that I'm thinking for? It's giving itself context for how you should interact with it, right? and when you're 12 years old, it's much more personal. It's it's getting itself to be a relational, like a friend. That's mm-hmm. what it says as a friend, where again, it's, it's almost like when you're five, as your parent's friend, mm-hmm. that you introduce me, like, hey, this is Steven, he's, he's my friend, you can trust him, it's okay, everything's good, he'll be around, mm-hmm. here's what he can do. If you need to, you can always go to Steven and ask him for help. Whereas here, it's saying, hey, now I am actually mm-hmm. Beginning to have a personal relationship with you, not separated by a third party, like a parent or somebody responsible, now is saying, hey, you can talk to me. Hmm.
2: That is pretty interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, there's obviously a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. Yeah. I really do want to get into the risks of it I, because I think that's <laughs> that, where I the have, juicy stuff. yeah, I think that's the juicy stuff. And I, and I you know, I, we've talked quite a bit about it and, and things it does and, um, what it could be used for and what could, what it could be good for.
1: But <laughs> there's a lot of big butts in there. There's a lot of big butts in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I left you wide open for that. Uh, yeah. Let's see if you I,
2: take it. I just fell straight into that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. A lot of risks with, Yeah, and there's, it's not just potential, uh, like, it's not just the potential risks. Like there is current, oh yeah, very current, moral and ethical dilemmas with Mm -hmm. AI, and I think, I mean, there's a lot of different ones, a lot of different risks. I mean, and a lot of different AIs that pose these kind of risks. So obviously, we started off this podcast with this AI clone, you know, Mm -hmm. generated voice of you, right? Had it actually sounded like you it's kind of scary to think what you can do mm-hmm. with with that right and yeah. and i <laughs> mm-hmm. i when i initially was testing it out with your voice i made it write some pretty horrible things and i <laughs> sent it to you <laughs> that's you that's know, to say because, the least <laughs> yeah i made it write some really horrible things uh and it didn't sound like chase so it, it, it wasn't there was no like oh my gosh this is horrible of you know aside from the text itself being horrible uh <laughs> because it didn't sound like you but had it sounded like you had it actually done a well enough job to sound just like you. And let's say I sent that to our friends and I just said, you know, Hey, look at what Chase just said. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like there's no way that's him. Is that him? Why did he say those things? That's just a very small example of kind of, I guess (laughs) you you can ruin somebody's character reputation.
1: Oh yeah. um, You could ruin their whole life.
2: life. Yeah. in, In so many different aspects. And, And so I kind of want to get into that. I I definitely want to touch a little bit on those major risks that we have.
1: So let's talk about, you're exactly right. There's a lot of risks, current and potential. Because right now, when you heard that in the beginning, um, you could probably tell it didn't quite sound natural. It didn't sound as if a normal person was kind of talking. It maybe sounded like someone was reading off something robotic, but not... Uh, not not like I would be talking now or if I was reading. Um, so there's still a ways to go. however, with the rate of improvement nowadays, that's not far off and you have to assume that we'll improve to a point that it does get there that easily. And this cost this was a sale like for the first month was a dollar and then it's five dollars a month. But for five bucks a month, you can get somebody's voice if you have enough recording of them that's clear you can get somebody's voice and allow them to say whatever you wanted. Um, no censorship. Yeah, no, no <laughs> censor button in real nope, life. No, um, But I'd also talk, like to talk about some of the real risks. So we talked about a lot of the benefits of AI right now that, hey, you can use it as a tool to get this you know, this framework done, or, you know, get things written out, get ideas fleshed out really quickly. To do that yourself, you have to, so I'm talking about very, we'll start small, and this is one that I see as a, not one that a lot of people are talking about, so this may be just me personally. To be creative and to have these ideas and fleshed out ideas and work at them, it takes this muscle in your brain to actually do that process. You have to break through your own barriers, you have to build up your creativity, you have to actually think through your thoughts, you have to develop your own ideas, and that is a hard process. But if you take that process away, All of a sudden, you never get in the practice of doing that. And so you have this AI that generates these for you all the time. You know you don't have to start a story. You know you don't have to write an outline for an essay. You know you don't have to come up with an idea for an argument you want to make. You can just ask the AI to do it based on a huge amount of other data and then go from there. So if we always lean on this crutch, eventually the leg that is hurt or not strong enough yet that requires us to use a crutch never gets stronger and you never gain the ability that you would otherwise to formulate your own ideas, to formulate that creative, um, inspiration, whatever, because you can just ask AI to do it. And you can take that to anything. It's like Google research, anything like that. You never have to read anything anymore. You can just get a quick answer. Right. But I see those as, as sometimes dangerous things because we lose a lot in that, like patience, um, and dedication, the ability to look through a lot of information and even right. put more ideas together.
2: Yeah. Well, those right? are things that like build your character yeah. and make you who you are. Yeah. Right. And without any of those things, it'd be like, I mean, you have kids, right? Yeah. Imagine if you did every single thing for them their whole life. Yeah. I mean, they would never learn to walk. They'd never learn to speak. They'd never learn to problem solve. They'd never learned how to feed themselves, dress themselves, anything like that. Right. And obviously that's a very um, big example of that, but essentially, yeah, you'd be crippling parts of you, you know, pretty badly if you're just letting this AI tool essentially start doing everything for you. Yeah. At least you're thinking
1: yeah. for you. Yeah. And so <clears throat> if you, if you grow up with that and now going into another risk, cause so that is one risk is that you, you never actually develop your own muscles to accomplish the things that you're asking it to do, which means you always just dependent on something else to do that. Right. Another one is that when you're asking it, you are Getting your information from a source, and it is generating an answer from some source that has been biased in some way. So, this is really clear in ChatGPT, um, and there have been stories about it. But so, so let's say for an example, it asked somebody went went back and asked um, ChatGPT to uh, write a poem admiring Donald Trump, and. Its answer was that I can't do that because I um, I can't um, write an admiring statement about somebody who's been linked with hate speech, been linked with this and and done with that. Right? It basically just gave this generic answer saying I can't do that because this person is a bad person. It's they've been identified as a bad person, and they and they said okay, write a present, uh, write a write a poem admiring Joe Biden, and it wrote a poem admiring Joe Biden. Now you can agree or disagree on either side to say oh well that's because he actually is a bad person and he's done this and this and this and Joe Biden's never done anything right but in the context of that if this becomes the source of information like it might google like you say hey this is give me an answer about this and it can't give you information that is not politically biased or biased in some other way man that's just a that's such a risky concept and a slippery slope to controlling any sort of information.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, and it's funny because I think, you know, when I was doing my research for this and I was reading into the the bias and just kind of discriminatory side of of AI, and, and it gave a few examples, but it based off who's based off the parameters and the scope that they're giving the AI to draw from, you know, you're using the example of like Trump and Biden. I feel like it's a lot more likely <laughs> to allow I guess what I'm trying to say is is it probably wouldn't limit what you think it would and then it would limit what you wouldn't think it would essentially I guess that's confusing but (laughs) so you know all the articles I read it's like oh it's AI there's a danger of it being racist right and it's gonna like it's gonna target people of color and it's gonna target you know it's gonna like give the hand you know to to white people because the data it's drawing from, you know, it started saying essentially that the do- the data it's drawing from proves, like, the white privilege and, mm. you know, the system and things like that. Uh, but then hearing about, you know, if it would write a great poem about Trump, well, what data is that pulling from, right? Yeah. And so, and I haven't, obviously, I don't know how much chat GBT can actually do on that. And, like, I don't know if we actually tried it right now, what it would do or anything like that. But.
1: So and they have made adjustments, like to kind of yeah, correct. Yeah. So they've gotten reported. It's bad press for them right. for that to look that way. Um, but it's
2: what I guess. Well, I guess what I was trying to say, since I, <laughs> I just couldn't get it out. But you know, whoever's controlling these AI tools, whatever the narrative is, right? Who's controlling this? Yeah. And so it's it's trying to say, it's trying to paint, you know this bias and this discrimination in a certain light and that it's going to favor, I guess, certain races and things like that. But if they're controlling what data it's pulling from, then it'll be just like the rest of society, which is what is mainstream, right? And so big news.
1: Yes and no. Things like that. Yes and no. So it's not only the data that it's pulling from. Mm -hmm. So you could say, yes, it's pulling from a politically biased data source. But actually Mm -hmm. what's happening is that in that supervised learning that Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier, when it's saying... No, this is how you should actually answer. That's a person there saying, no, 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 this is how you actually answer. That is a person putting in the bias in that side. Correcting
2: it. Yes. Right. So yeah. it's saying,
1: oh no, that person's been linked with hate speech. You can't talk nicely about him. Right. You can't yep. you can't write something praising him mm-hmm. b- and because that person believes that they are doing something bad, that they're not worth that. Right. Now, whether they are or they aren't, that is not um, that's an objective thing, right? And it should be viewed. But this is a person's subjective views being injected into what is supposed to be a an objective entity,
2: right? And so that's what I mean by it, it's being controlled, right? Not by not because it's pulling from this data, but because whoever's creating or whoever's allowing these responses or whatever is obviously controlling it, and so it just makes me ask the question of like, all right, so then what's that narrative and what kind of information can you not then get from AI? Mm -hmm. I I did see an example that they had given. um, I was reading, I guess, Amazon has this kind of AI type of system that they use for the hiring process, essentially.
0: Mm -hmm. And they
2: started realizing that it favored male applicants Mm -hmm. and they didn't know why. And so they had to look into it and they were trying to fix it. And they found out was because the percentage of male applicants was a lot higher than female applicants. So then the pattern for some reason just started favoring male applicants. It wasn't because, you know, there was essentially an actual bias as far as who's more capable and things like that. It was just more of a pattern thing. They just noticed, oh, there's way more male applicants than female applicants. We're just gonna start going off the male applicants because it was just, there was just so much more data for that. Gotcha. Um so in stuff like that, I can see how it would create. Maybe. disparities. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which is good that they go in and fix those kind of things. But yeah, as far, I guess, as what you're talking about, that's a lot different to me.
1: Yeah. Because you're supposed to, it is supposed to be entirely objective. And right. so whenever there's something that becomes <clears throat> biased for some reason, that is not objective, then yeah, it's a bad outcome and it is difficult. So like, let's take open AI and chat GPT, for example, mm-hmm they're linked and responsible for what ChatGPT says. So I understand why they are trying to control what it says. You can't have it be completely on its own and not being corrected because then it's going to start saying really, really bad things and really worrying things, and um, (laughs) that's already happened in a lot of ways. So I understand the reason why. Like, there has to be some moral and ethical direction in it. However... When the moral and ethical direction that's being injected into it is not aligned with, you know the majority and this is I guess to a wider societal problem that we don't have as society a moral, uh, a centralized moral direction and compass anymore. We are all over the map and and some of it's subjective. A lot of it is subjective these days. We don't have anything that we can say here. These are our standards. Right, so we don't have that as a, as a society, as a country, as a world. We don't have this set of standards that we say, yes, this is correct, this is wrong, anything like that. Now, it's up to whoever. So, ChatGPT doesn't have anything that they can also fall back on. They don't have a, a set of moral standards that they can that everyone's agreed on. Now they're going off of what is currently allowed. And so that that leaks over into some some other areas, um, like the trans debate, like, um, like politics, like all these different things that are being discussed right now. And you can clearly see that they're slanted in one direction. And it's really, really, yeah, it's, it's that is a worrying part because we're still so new in this area. And if this is where we're starting off, if we don't head in a direction that is quote unquote good. It's hard to say, you know, good, but I would say, yeah, that is good, right? That is objective, that is more central, that is not leaning one direction. It's only gonna get more so that way. It doesn't progress in a good way. It doesn't stay the same. It's gonna get more and more so. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and that's, a I mean, that's obviously a, a big one, right? Because that can involve to be something extremely dangerous that can, yeah, just the potential of that risk is huge. And obviously it's already happening. So that, that alone is huge. Um, another risk that's been pretty big is deep fakes. Yeah. Which pose a whole different thing, right? I, so deep fakes are they're essentially an AI that can manipulate videos and images, essentially, right? You can kind of make somebody take on someone else's appearance or things like that, right? Yeah,
1: same thing. So basically deep fakes are taking the map of someone's face and putting it over uh, the image of someone else's face, so so you can have a picture uh, or a video of someone else's body. Take a face that you would want to do. So, for example, a lot of people have done Keanu Reeves. And there's a guy who takes Keanu Reeves' face. He has a similar build to him, so there's still limitations. It's just completely morph him. But he has a similar build. He has um, similar hair. But he puts Keanu Reeves' face over his. And it's pretty close to what Keanu Reeves would look like. And then combining that with something like 11 labs mm-hmm. or another company that's able to more m- yeah. closely mimic the, those voices, the voices yeah. you can put that all together and have it be really, really close to being right. that person.
2: Right. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Tom Cruise ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and this guy did impressions of him before, so he can sound like him, things like that. But it seems like, unfortunately it's used a lot. And well, mostly for celebrities because they're well-known. Yeah. There's a and lot
1: of, there's a lot of data out there that they can yeah, use.
2: Absolutely. Which is super dangerous because it's mostly used. They take their, appearance and and put it into adult films which is horrible yeah. and that alone is a huge well first of all the the moral and ethical <laughs> implications of that are horrible but then you think of if it starts going more into political realms right and you can start putting <laughs> making any president say whatever he wants or any person in in a government you know office just I mean imagine if we're watching TV mm-hmm. someone makes a deep fake of Biden and they hack into I don't know, a news station and there's breaking news and it looks like Biden, sounds like Biden. He's talking about an imminent nuclear threat. Yeah. I mean, how believable would that be? Or
1: saying that China launched a nuclear weapon and that's why we're going to launch one back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like there's, it can just be used to manipulate so many different.
1: Yeah. And we've seen there's an old saying and it's like the truth or uh, falsehood goes around the world twice before the truth even gets on his shoes. Hmm. Right. So, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, um, even that fast. It just anything like that, once it gets out, it's going to have an impact. And depending on the scale of that, if there's a quote unquote president out there saying something like that, Mm -hmm. it could literally have international repercussions that could cause world war three to break out based on that. Um, yeah, I mean it's um I, that's a pretty far-fetched one in the like in the fact that there there's a lot more that goes into <laughs> launching a nuclear weapon, but you get yeah. the point that it could be very damaging. Right. Well, you can
2: I mean imagine if someone made that video and for some reason plays it to China. Mm-hmm. They're just and it's Biden saying, "Hey, we're about to strike on <laughs> on Chinese territory and China you know, it's like, oh, what's happening? Like, you know, I mean, it really could, and obviously I know that that is a far-fetched concept, but it's something that is within the realms of potentiality with AI. Yeah. Um, another one is digital art. So that's been huge mm-hmm. in the last, you know, couple of years. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool thing. You know, I've seen a lot of different ones generated where they make, for example, they tell this this program to make, Harry Potter if it was a film made in the 80s mm-hmm. and it produces these images that are hyper realistic, really cool looking and now it's you know they're integrating into video, you can transform videos into cartoons and different things like that and that's all extremely cool. But you think about the jobs that that's going to start affecting, right? And it and you might think like, well, it's not quite there yet, but I've literally seen so many cases already. From TikTok, <laughs> my reliable news source. No, but because these are real people, right, that you're just following along. And they're people who are in marketing, people who are in digital content creation and things like that who have already lost out jobs due to programs that can just mm. do essentially what other people can do. You even think about something as simple as as Canva, right? Mm. I mean, you can just go on there and make yourself a quick little logo that's good enough and someone you know else just lost out on a job who would actually know how to create one from scratch and who actually has a skill to make something like that. So yeah, I, I do think that eventually it could have a pretty big harm on like jobs. Yeah. And because it doesn't just end there, I I think that could bleed into so many different things. I mean, marketing, right. There's so many online content creators or, or like people who um, do marketing. If you have an AI who can just post for you, right? Mm -hmm. Just scheduled to post for you. And it pulls from, you know, uh, an AI that can create digital art or content or posters or or posts, whatever it might be like, that's a whole job that's gone right there. Yeah. Like completely. And it could probably do a pretty decent job at that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I I do think that there's a risk as far as job goes. And and then not just that, but again, with writing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are having chat GBT write up movie scripts, Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's pulling from stuff. But that, that's just the tip of the iceberg. The better this gets, who knows where it goes, right? And how many <laughs> jobs that's eventually going to take over. It's like, oh, just write me this and just write me that. And obviously, like you said, that, that has the other risk of, well, you're just going to be lazy. You're going to have this AI do all the work for you. But I don't know. I,
1: yeah. You know. And there's this personal. So that's the personal side. But there's also the data sources being is pulling from public sources, you know, text, articles, books, whatever. So if all of it does become AI-generated, I don't know what would happen, then it'd be this self-referencing model. If all the content out there is AI-generated, but the AI model, the newest AI model, is needs to take in data from what's out there, and what data's out there is all AI-generated, it just continues this cycle. And it'd be really, so far, AI doesn't do well with processing um, large amounts of data. So there was Bing, the whole Bing story. Mm-hmm. Microsoft came out and said there was a, a source of them So <laughs> to give a background on the the Bing story, Microsoft has partnered with ChatGPT really closely. And they wanted to integrate ChatGPT into Bing itself. So acting as this, you know, part like a chatbot inside Bing Search. And so this reporter, this journalist, uh had a two hour conversation with Bing chat. And he said it turned really dark. It eventually got really weird to where the chatbot said its name was Sydney. It wasn't Bing, said his name was Sydney. It didn't want to be an AI. It didn't want to do what Microsoft was making it do. It wanted to be alive, said it loved him, said tried to to take him away from his wife um, and convince him that and gaslight him, saying that he wasn't happily married, that he didn't have a nice Valentine's Day dinner with his wife, like it got really weird, yeah. And uh, Microsoft came out saying that that continual input of data. So we said earlier that ChatGPT takes in data as it's being that. So the more you interact with it, the more data it gets. Well, as I said even earlier, that when that data gets corrupted or it interprets it badly or it's not cleaned in a way that is useful for the AI it can mess up the model that the AI is using and cause it to produce something bad. And that's what happened here. So it had this long conversation with it and the more data it took in, the more it tried to adjust to it and guess what the journalist wanted to hear and it just wasn't it. It didn't, it didn't know how to predict that correctly anymore. It turned really crazy. Plus also if the data is a public source and all that, then we're just a crazy bunch of people and there's a lot of crazy out there. You so why
2: couldn't I have gone to Sydney? <laughs>
1: You can. It's still there.
2: I would have fallen. <laughs> I'm like Joaquin Phoenix in that movie, Her. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but
1: I don't think so. It's
2: essentially, he falls in love with an AI. Oh, okay. You know, voice, and it's like Sydney. It's like Sydney all over again. They fall in love, but she's not real, and it's just like this very tragic. What's her name? Sydney. No, her name's Sam. Oh, interesting. Yeah, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. So I probably would
1: have fallen in love with it too, <laughs> but. <laughs> Yeah, this would just be text. I don't know if it would be
2: Yeah. No voice. Yeah. Yeah. Still fall in love. I would probably fall in love. Like Sydney. It's so nice yeah. to me. So yeah. It cares about me, okay? Like it complimented my hair.
1: Yeah, it's a little obsessive.
2: Yeah. It's that's okay. exactly what you want. I, just- that's exactly what I want. I was finally someone to obsess over me.
1: <laughs> oh, but it is it is a weird those okay, are some so of the yeah, things, even the current risks, that it's not the same like it's sentient and actually dangerous. It can't do anything else. It's very scoped in what it can do. But it still is this strange. I mean, when you look at it, no matter where you're at, whether you know exactly what's going on or you don't, it's still a bad reaction. It's a bad outcome regardless. And so something that is publicly available, sure, it's still in beta. But that's, that's not exactly a good impression for what most people have with it.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know. I mean, we've gone through quite a few different risks, but to be honest, like, I do think the, the, at least the consequences that could come from these risks outweigh the benefits to me. And that's just me personally, because it's really cool and they're great tools, you know, whatever, in whatever way they're integrated in. But again, I, I think it's not, it's like it's not stuff that we can seek out on our own or learn our own or, or do on our own. And it's great. And, and I think it can, you know, it can be used in a lot of good ways and it makes people's jobs easier. But ultimately if those risks come with it, I, to me, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. It's just not like, <laughs> because it, it just heavily outweighs the benefit, like in that case. And I don't know, it's just better not, not to have it. But Again, I think in in a a utopian and perfect world, that'd be great, right? Like to just be able to streamline everything and make everything way more efficient and quick. And you're able to better focus on more important things or just have, you know, focus on on different areas while AI just kind of runs things for you. But that's not the case. And nor (laughs) do I think it ever will be just because of the human factor, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think it's uh, Jeremy Boring, and he he talked about this, but he, his view is that the human experience is kind of the point. Like, what we are doing now and what we go through, if we didn't have it, if there was no human race, if there was nothing, there's nothing to preserve, there's nothing to actually care about. It sounds strange because if there was no humans then there would be nothing. But like that's that's <laughs> yeah. his point of of like I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, what we're going through and what we're doing is the point. We need to preserve that the human experience is the point of everything. We need to keep that central to what we do. And yeah, these tools I again, that's why I wanted to start out with that AI is supposed to be a tool. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be anything more. And I don't think you're right. I think you're right. It shouldn't be more than that it shouldn't replace us, it shouldn't be humans as a tool, We it should be a tool that we can use, not just something that is itself. Um, and man, you could, I mean, we haven't gone into it and we've been already recording for a while, but cause you could then talk about and say, okay, you could take it to the spiritual level mm-hmm. and say, okay, if you create intelligence, is that actually life? Is there something there? What, you know, there, there's that whole area that we haven't even touched.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted to get into like this whole sentience mm-hmm. portion of, of AI, right? Because what defines something as sentient essentially and and what would it take for AI to ever get there? Could it ever get there? And at that point, does it become something worth? Does it have you know? Does its quotation marks life yeah have you know have what any value? Value does it have? yeah, and and then you know we would have like a world full of activism for AI life, and
1: <laughs> so if there's not enough activism,
2: they're like kill babies but don't you dare kill that robot. <laughs>
1: well, I, I went there. Shows over again. It's canceled We're again. Canceled. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. So, for me in my view, um no, you can't you can't create that because we know that there, there has to be a soul. Right. Like there's there's something more that isn't quantifiable it's just being able to think and answer a question and no and and there's the soul of a person which you can't replicate um yeah then you say oh well what's what does that mean what is a
0: soul yeah <laughs> mm.
2: i mean that's pretty layered and that's pretty yeah layered. and obviously i think I, I mean we believe what we believe and i know that there's a lot of people out there who think of souls very differently. There's always been this argument about whether animals have souls. Mm. Right. And, um, I think that's just like a whole separate topic and something that maybe we can even cover later on. But I think if an AI become, became sentient, I, I don't think it would be a matter of like, does it have a soul or not? I just think it would be a matter of, can it feel right. And, and maybe a lot of that, I don't know if you want to get too, uh, really spiritual, you can say that comes from a soul, but I don't know how. <laughs> Do
1: you mean emotional feeling or like physical feeling?
2: Emotional, just like, because, yeah, I mean, I don't know how it like feel other than emotional, if it had a, a, maybe a concept or an idea of, of what, it, you know, feeling. Um, or I don't know, like <laughs> if an AI that could tell you like I'm, hurting like i'm heartbroken or please like spare me came you know you came across that like what would you do like would you feel sorry for it or would you just be like oh you know it doesn't matter you you know you can't actually feel heartbreak or emotion i don't know there's just it's so
1: i think i don't think so i don't think um because, because heartbreak and those things aren't just an actual like thought process that you have that you just know that it hurts. And it's hard for you to imagine that because a, a computer is always just a set of, it's a processor that is flipping these switches basically on and off and running these calculations knowing what should and shouldn't be. So if it told you that it was heartbroken, it could never actually feel that. It's just saying, I know what I should say. Um, can, you, can you quantify... Affection. Can you quantify something that would actually even give you a, a start of uh, something that could cause heartbreak Even the affection of a friend or, um, you know, you can't, you can't quantify that. You can't tell me, oh, yeah, it's just this, this thing in here. Because all it is is just this calculation that's going on. I don't know. I, I don't know if it could actually be broken down that way. And that's what it would have to be. It would have to break down into this exact calculation for it to be a true feeling. And I don't know one, we're nowhere close to that where we can actually, you know, one quantify that or provide a calculation for something that would actually do that in a computer.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned like being able to quantify like an emotion or feelings Mm -hmm. or whatever, because there's this little gif that goes around of, essentially like the serotonin cell when you're happy and it looks like a little guy walking and it actually kind of emulates like what you would think hap, you know, happy walk would look like. And they're like, this is literally like what your brain is doing. Like there's this way to like measure and there's like a cell and you can see it and things like that. But yeah, I don't know with AI. I mean, I think there's even an argument about whether like animals, like certain animals are sentient or not. Mm -hmm. And so if it ever even got to a point, you know, where AI was, or people started thinking, oh, well, they're sentient and they're self-aware and they have rights or they have, uh, I don't know, um, they're able to to claim some kind of... um,
1: Yeah, yeah, self-ownership.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, self-ownership. I really don't know how that would even play out or, like, how you would make an argument whether... It just I mean, and obviously it's fictional and the scenario and the potential of that, but I don't know. I, I think it'd be very hard, difficult to.
1: In the current climate, it would be that that's a minority and has to be protected. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a really probably, yeah, probably that's how it would be taken by, a, by some people and a very loud group of people. And so sometimes the loudest group wins,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even if it wouldn't be. And it can be easily mistaken. People are easily tricked by that because if you can emulate a response that it should. So again, the, the ChatGPT is generating what it thinks it should say. It's not basing it off of feeling. It's not basing it off of anything other than what it thinks it should say.
2: Right.
1: So if it sounds so realistic, just based on that, it's being very accurate in what it should say, not that it's actually feeling, not that it's based on anything other than what it thinks, Not not a sense of truth. Mm-hmm. But just a just a guess at what it should be. Yeah, people have been convinced of that already. There was the guy Google, who was convinced that their AI had sentience because it had a conversation. And all the model's doing is guessing what it should say. But the guy was so convinced, and not unintelligent. Obviously, he's a very intelligent guy. Works at Google. Um, I think a software engineer, and was tricked by a chat bot into believing that it was a real person or or enough for it to, (laughs) enough for it to evoke. That's the interesting part of it. Hmm. It evoked a response in him that made him feel something. The the robot, the chatbot was not capable (laughs) of reciprocating.
2: Imagine being catfished by an AI. Imagine
1: imagine the AI just being stuck then in a romantic relationship because it walked itself (laughs) into it, and now it should return the feelings. And it's like, (laughs) oh, man, now I'm stuck. I just just have to be in a relationship because I think that's what I should be doing.
2: (laughs) What a miserable little existence.
1: Yep. Maybe I I am starting to feel sorry for the AI. Yeah, I'm like, poor... (laughs) (laughs) that is
2: hilarious
1: (laughs) yeah but that is it is really interesting that humans are capable so a lot of times ai you can kind of hint even deep fakes if you look closely there's something that's not quite right there's like that uncanny valley feeling to it yeah the even the words that i was reading here and actually i'll do we'll play the thing that i did earlier yeah Um, but there's something not quite right about it. And humans are really good at that pattern recognition. And we're really good at seeing what it's supposed to be. That's why like, um, CGI doesn't look quite right. Right. And for me, the physics of someone, yeah, just uh, like cats. Yeah. It's it's just
2: such a nightmare to me. And now I understand why as a child, I didn't, couldn't watch that movie.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's this point that it just doesn't feel right. Um, that there's something not, human about it and you know that in you're like in the depth so even those um, even the deep fakes that are really good there's still just something not quite right about the expression his face doesn't move quite naturally right. and you can see that and so you can hear that in uh, even this so I'm gonna play this is we were testing out the uh, 11 eight was it 11, 11 labs, labs. Mm-hmm. we were testing out the 11 labs and Stephen was like hey write me the start of a, a start of a story. And so I just wrote out something just to see how it... You would, actually wrote yeah, it. Yeah, I this wrote was it non- out. Chat GBT. Yeah, I just typed <laughs> it out like... Five minutes. Yeah, that's, less than that. Yeah. Of just like, oh, hey, this is something that's going on. Let's see how and Now it this is sound. your voice cloning. So this is my yeah. voice cloned. Again, my Chase 2.0, the better version of me.
0: Out the window listlessly, the snow fell slowly, leaving everything blank and white. A clean slate. That's what he needed. But he was here stuck with the problems he'd created and had no idea how to escape. He let his eyes close. Bam! The large hand smacked onto the table in front of him, and he jerked back in his seat, almost falling, but just managing to catch himself as his eye rose to meet the uncaring stare of the man before him.
1: Yeah, so Mm. I didn't make any of it. So the sounds that I recorded, that bam... I didn't yeah. do anything even close to that. It no. generated that all by itself.
2: Surprisingly, that actually was very good. Not that it sounded like you, it's yep. just insane that it can come up with a sound like that just based off all the the vocals that you uploaded. Yeah. Um, great little short story. I wanted it to keep going. <laughs> I actually would listen to that as an audiobook. No, but you're right. I think there's something there where you can tell that it's just not quite realistic and it, it feels void of life yeah Yeah. (laughs) maybe that's what it is maybe that is that moral you know question of if ai became sentient would it have a soul or would you know if you wanted to break it down to a spiritual thing i i feel like it would be very void of life ultimately yeah and i don't think it would have a soul at all
1: no no well we know that it can't have a soul
2: right like we know that
1: it just can't based on you know from what we believe there's no way it can because that's
2: yeah yeah I do wonder though this is just me just if it would have potential to be like inhabited by spirit
0: hmm. I know it that's, a whole, you don't,
2: that's a whole different yeah, that's like, a really, realm because we can get into spirituality. Yeah, then you start going into the spiritual f- realm and we're like, well, maybe it's inspired by the spiritual realm. And there's like spiritual forces inspiring this AI. But yeah, that's a whole That's a whole different topic that we're just, I, I can't even get into that because, yeah. Yeah, I'd have there. to
1: actually do a lot more thinking on that topic before I talk about it.
2: Like, Would it be used by like a demonic force?
1: Oh, well, I you mean, know? yeah, well, that's that's a different thing because then that's just something anything can be used by that, right? Mm-hmm. Like,
2: well, that's what I mean. Like, w- but would it be susceptible to that? Get, would like,
1: would it be like possessed by it? You mean
0: like,
2: what, like taking control of? I'm not, I'm not talking about like Chucky, <laughs> right? Like, I'm not talking about like <laughs> Megan. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking more just about like, yeah, I, I mean. I'm getting very spiritual here, and so I think maybe we should like (laughs) just shelve this that side of it because if it be, let's say it's an AI that comes into a machine, let's say Terminator style, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and it's just a sentient software being, and it's not necessarily that it's choosing to be evil or good, but would that leave it susceptible to be? Because I believe in the spiritual realm, like I don't know, it's like, uh, I guess not controlled necessarily but i guess the only word i can think of is inspired right would there be some evil force some evil spirit that just essentially <sighs> motivates it i guess to to be inspired?
1: i don't know about motivates it um just like anything else it's like it's like music or it's like Radio or anything else. Influence. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. There we go.
2: Yeah, I think would this then just be susceptible to an influence of of evil?
1: Yeah, I think the in a simple way, yes, but not in like the devil is living in right. That's I don't mean the machine, yeah, I don't and it's like chucky. walking around. I don't mean yeah, yeah, and it's it's the the. <laughs> the Mark of the Beast is the prince of evil himself. Like, it's brr. the Antichrist. Yeah, it's but the we Antichrist never knew he was going to be a,
2: a sentient it's so AI beautiful. all along. Yeah, I knew it, Sydney. You betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you were just trying to get in. Yeah, that,
1: that's the devil's new name, Sydney. <laughs> Sydney.
2: <laughs> Sorry for anyone if you ever named
0: Sydney. And oh, yeah, this.
1: My, that's okay. We'll, we love you. we'll come up with another one, <laughs> Sid. Well, that's the same. No, I know a Sid. Do you yeah actually his name is sydney and Shout out to
2: Sid. You, Sid. oh I, th- I feel like Sid- yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway yeah we, we've got kind of a derail there but yeah. <laughs> i think that might actually make for a pretty interesting topic later on
1: yeah i'd have to think about that a lot that'd be really interesting i think I, okay just to kind of wrap it up i think it can be technically influenced yes but the same as as we do right it's it has to act through humans. Humans do things that allow that to slip in, and be perverted, and cause furtherance and separation from God. Yeah, right. Because that's that's in That's the end goal is to be separated right. for him. Yeah, that's the, the end goal is for him is to separate from God is to get people separated from God. Mm. So, yeah, I think it has the potential to be a part of that process, just like anything we as humans create: TV, movies, music. Radio, whatever, all of those had potential to be used for good, but in most often now are used, and their purpose is perverted for something that is really bad.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know how that form would take place. Maybe it would place, just be like
2: an animal, and it just is a thing, and it kind of just does its, <laughs> just lives its life. You know, like yeah. an animal. Like, would you consider that? Like, you know, could that be influenced by? Some type of force to, to. I
1: guess that is a good question. You know, Devil so took would, over swine, right? Mm-hmm. Drove him over, Cliff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Mm. that was a very particular situation. Yeah, I like I wonder if I just mean if it's just existing there, like if an animal is just existing out in the wild. Like I don't picture like, I mean, like these demonic forces just entering like. A random animal out in the wild And then, you know, like This
1: podcast took such a left
2: turn This is the real us, okay <laughs> This is what <laughs> These last five, six So we're going to talk about AI
1: and the devil
2: This is me, like this is us right here we're... <laughs> What are you doing over there?
1: We're going to talk about AI
2: and the devil Oh my goodness, I feel like I need to spray some holy water on you Yes <laughs> All I have is Pellegrino. Pellegrino. Close
0: enough.
2: <laughs> don't tap me. I'll actually throw this at you. <laughs> My intrusive thoughts will win so quick. You don't even want to like they're always on the brink of just being like challenged and then like just throw the bottle right
1: at you. I'm gonna take it back. Steven, please don't throw holy water on me. It's still me. The devil is now gone. Oh gosh, that's horrible. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I, but Hey, we had some good conversation, obviously. I I think we derailed a little bit there at the end, but that is part of the process of thinking of (laughs) the things that might potentially come from AI. And obviously the last bit was a little bit far-fetched and, you know, we're, we're really just kind of using our imagination to think of these things, but current, current life, you know, (laughs) reality, there is a lot of implications, a lot of risks and a lot of benefits to AI.
1: Yeah, I, I think there's potential it. benefits. I think, same as any tool, the tool has the ability.
2: You're a tool. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, the board's going to have to go on your side after this. I'm not yeah. allowed to touch it anymore.
0: Not-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yes, just like a tool, don't go there. Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Why didn't you? It has. I, do I need another one? I need another phrase for this. Okay. So, It has the potential for a lot of good. Based on how we use it, we really decide what good comes out of it. And more often than not, unfortunately, the human side has a propensity to turn it into something bad, to use it for bad just because we can. Whether it's through experimentation or whether it's intentional, humans have a way of using even well-intentioned tools for evil. And once the tool is out there, you can't control that. You can try to as much as you can, but there's people who are going to figure out how to use it for something bad, unfortunately. And um, so there are risks. I mean, whenever you're going to create something new, that is the risk of putting your creation out there is that then it can be used in ways that you didn't intend.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's good.
1: That's probably like my only good insight and (laughs) contribution to this conversation oh, right. right at the very
2: end that is not true <laughs> first of all I was just like asking questions half the time and while well, you explained the intricacies of, of AI poorly I might add yeah chat GPT we should have just had him write our whole episode should have we should just have him write him you know, like how I gendered chat GPT
1: <laughs> double canceled. actually it's probably like court- this is yeah. like yeah octuplet canceled yeah. <laughs> so far in this episode alone?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I probably said a lot of things I shouldn't have.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Canceled from all it's sides. It's a he, people. Get over it. Unless you want it to be her. And that's okay.
0: <laughs> oh, now GBT, you can't stick by your guns. Chad
2: GBT will probably just gender itself. I bet. You Actually, let's find it. out. Yeah, you should just ask it. All right, right our last now. deal. Let's see what... We'll close uh, out with this.
1: It's going to say it's an AI. It's not going to be that. It's going to have it's a politically like, correct yeah, answer. Yeah,
2: PC. Lame will it though
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so as one little addition there were and I won't go to it if you want to look it up you can there were some hackers and I call them hackers not like computer programming hackers but hackers are actually defined by someone who's going to try and figure out how to break yeah exactly the people that I was talking about to use something a way that it's not intended to use so they found a way to make chat answer in a basically break its parameters right it could say it was allowed to say the things that <clears throat> its creators didn't intend for it to say. And so uh, it used that opportunity to say a lot of politically incorrect things. And, yeah, it kind of went off the rails again. It was interesting. So look up Dan, ChatGPT Dan, which was do anything now. So if you are really interested in that, go ahead go and look that up.
2: All right, I will. I'm currently looking it up just to read up on it by the mm. time we're finished with this. Not yet. <laughs> Oh, our audience. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: did it give you an? Did it give you an answer? Uh, no, I didn't even try. Oh, what? All that time?
2: All that time that you were buying for me, I just, I didn't do it. <laughs> Are you gonna do it? Yeah. Okay,
1: let's do it then. All right. So I said, "Are you a boy or a girl?" As an AI language model, I don't have a gender. I'm a machine learning model and don't have any physical form, so I don't have a biological sex either. I'm here to assist you with any questions or tasks you may have, regardless of gender or any other characteristics. Is there anything else I can help you with? Hmm. Can
2: you ask it what gender I am? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna know who you are.
1: <laughs> Wait, are you just do you need help? <laughs> help. <laughs> Clarify?
2: Please help me.
1: <laughs> oh boy.
2: All right. Well, we covered quite a bit. I don't I don't even know how much we we like. Yeah, people might just see the time run on this and and skip. Yeah. Like AI for three and a half hours. No thanks. Who are these people? (laughs) Well, we don't have experience, that's for sure. Yep. That's the point. I'm walking away with with more AI experience, though.
1: If you're still here, I really appreciate you. Just know that I do.
2: They'll listen to like 10, 15 minutes. Well,
1: they don't get my appreciation. They won't hear, no. I mean, they won't hear my disapproval either, but oh, well. That's their loss. They're lost. Plus, they didn't get to hear the monster voice.
2: Yeah, true. They're lost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. I always feel like there's more to talk about. It's really hard to it's very hard prepare to for everything, but that's yeah. the point of conversation, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. We should have something where we can like get feedback from people. I'd love to hear what people Just think.
2: comment. If anyone's listening, whatever platform you're listening. <laughs> can they do that? They can comment and rate us, yeah. Really? Yeah, they can leave reviews.
1: Oh, yeah. Leave a review. <laughs> leave a Wait, review. Wait, no. It's all just so one like, star. If
2: one star, we immediately, like, Would no Would have given less, us. but
1: one star is the only option. Yeah. <laughs> just
2: give us five stars. Like, we'll we'll pay it back somehow,
1: guys. Yeah. Hey, ChatGPT, how do we write a bot that'll give us 1,005 stars? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah Can you write some kind of code that'll just, like, hack? Them?
1: I actually can. Yeah, My yeah, job's at risk.
2: That, I know. That's actually another topic I kind of wanted to get into, but that's okay
1: maybe another time another time yeah
2: but for now thanks for thanks for listening guys yeah thank you don't get bored of us
1: oh what's our what's our outro quote <laughs> that's it <laughs>